very least would be a criminal waste of taxpayer money and at the very most okay a bunch of kids being brought in from haiti and other shithole countries where people don't give a fuck about the welfare of children and child trafficking is prevalent you get what i'm saying so it's one of them things you know i mean john podesta there is no doubting that man is a fucking pedophile you know i've heard videos of him where he's molesting kids absolutely grim i wouldn't even watch it again i wouldn't even show you guys it because it is horrible it's not for human ears it's disgusting and then they shoot it all down as fake news um no, I think this is something that was totally genuine and basically the powers that be shit their pants trying to fix it. I had heard about this in passing. I want to give a shout out to uh, an Instagrammer, Chief Lettuce, uh, sent me a thing. He said that he was uh, looking to buy a book. It was in a shopping cart on Amazon about the whole cover-up and it disappeared. Amazon's been known to burn books. Let's talk about the McMartin case. The McMartin Preschool is a real family business. Virginia McMartin, uh, at the head and founder, uh, school administrator Peggy McMartin Bucky, and uh, Ray Bucky was the one who was charged the longest, um, all the way up until 1990. Many different trials were going on over that seven-year period. He was the last one to get uh, a hung jury twice, couldn't decide if he had done the deed or not. Um, this all started in 83 when uh, Judy Johnson, a mother of one of the students there. Got the same initials. She called the police when, uh, for lack of a better term, her son was shitting blood. Nice. Uh, obviously a symptom of sodomization. Disgusting. This got the ball rolling, uh, legally speaking and publicly. Uh, 200 letters were sent to parents of the... Um, students of the school um, the media seized upon it this was and it's a cop-out for the powers that be but this was at the time of what they later referred to as the satanic panic there was a lot of pop cultural references to satanic rituals in my opinion this was actually a recruiting tool um, not an actual psyop on the general American public but a subversive recruiting tool um, you know, these powerful people get to do whatever they want with kids, and this drove uh, politicians and celebrities, many other public figures, uh, more inclined to say yes to a party invite. And uh, I believe that's the main purpose of all of this. It's a blackmail program. I know Israel does it. And uh, essentially, you get somebody uh, into a room on camera, pictures, video especially, even participating, even dressed up at an event like this where their kids are getting raped, killed, you got them by the balls. And just ask uh, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton who visited Jeffrey Epstein's Lolita Island on numerous occasions. Um, very good pals. Epstein is a billionaire Mossad agent, uh, convicted pedophile. Uh, Lolita Island is appropriately named. So when you look back on it in terms of Wikipedia's, uh, you know, the CIA's entries on the subject, um, at the McMartin Preschool Trial article, that's the spin. That's the spinmeisters at work. It was the satanic panic. The McMartins were a victim of the times. There was nothing wrong. Uh, actually, there seems to be plenty, plenty wrong. Um, let's listen to Ted Gunderson, 
Um, I know many people in the know revere this guy, a former head of the... This is beautiful how this works, you know, the synchronicities, man. I mean, it's no coincidence, yeah, that, you know, these paths are being crossed, okay? This is the tip of the spear. Goyam TV, man. You know, he's talking here, Dream, about <clears throat> Ted Gunderson. This is what we were talking about earlier. Ted investigated Lieutenant Colonel Michael Aquino. He even went on TV. You know, he's there on the Geraldo show, or was it the other one, Oprah? I can't remember now. We've watched a lot tonight. But either way, sticking it on Aquino, saying, listen, man, you know. And it was one of them things, you know. Aquino didn't do a day in jail. Ted Gunderson's dead now. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it's, it's all there, man. ...and Los Angeles FBI section uh, in the 1970s. Um, it is worth mentioning, however, uh, allegedly, he was dating one of the mothers of the students of McMartin at the time. Um, so he had sort of uh, bigger reason than most to get involved. But uh, he did investigate the case uh, after it broke in the mid-80s, specifically regarding students who alleged that there were tunnels underneath the school. In uh, April 1985, uh, authorities went to the McMartin case and looked for tunnels under the school. The children had said that they were taken into tunnels under the school. There was a chamber down there. They were sexually molested. They involved, that involved ceremonies, adults with robes, candles, chanting. Adults had no clothes on under their robes. And they were taken up into a tunnel and a triplex, a bathroom trap door of the triplex next door. They were taken out in automobiles. We're talking about two, three, four-year-old children, folks. And, and, and prostituted in the community. It's really sad how the system has protected itself by saying that all of the students were hallucinating the same thing somehow. You know, it was... Uh, the, the pin-up to this day is that they were all kind of interviewed by this center for child abuse and they were coaxed into saying these things with a therapist sitting there using puppets. That's how they treat, uh, you know, child abuse victims. It's more of like looking at it outside in instead of reliving the experience. Um, okay, you, you can puppeteer anything you want. You can't get 500 people to say that they were raped uh, you know, using fucking puppets, eventually you gotta say, hmm, maybe they're onto something here. To suggest that they were all sort of brainwashed by the therapist and coaxed into saying the same things over and over. I mean, and you may very well be on the fence about this, but something that the bought and paid for prosecution kind of avoided in pursuing um, is the fact a very high percentage of the abused came back positive for chlamydia. These are preschoolers, okay? Not possible to have consensual sex at that age. The authorities finally in 1987, 85, excuse me, went out and decided to look for the tunnels because they said the children were hallucinating. The children also said that they were taken by air up into a mountainous area where they were exposed to satanic ceremonies based on what they described and brought back in time for the parents to pick up the kids well I'll tell you what in the spring of 1993 
I heard that the property of the McMartin School had been sold from the McMartin family to the defense attorney, actually given to him. And from there, he said he was broke and he sold it to a contractor. The contractor was going to build an office building on the space. And so I went out and contacted him. And I said, uh, dear sir, I would like to have access to that property. He said, I'll give you two weeks. I signed a contract, assumed liability, and along with some of the parents, we hired an archaeologist from UCLA, Dr. Gary Stickle, and we began our dig. At the end of two weeks, I had to stall, 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 because Dr. Stickle was not quite ready to admit there were tunnels. It took us 34 days. At noon, the 34th day, with the bulldozers, with their motors running, ready to knock the building down, he was going to knock the building down and then build this office building, Dr. Stickle said, you know, I can say without any question right now, there have been tunnels under the school. They were filled in. Now, I'm going to show you the documentation on the tunnels. This is it. No, keep it there. Keep that there. Uh, this is the uh, a nine-foot-wide subterranean entrance under the west wall of Dog Room. There were four classrooms. That was Ray Bucky's room. We found a plastic Disney bag, copyright 1982, about four and a half feet below the classroom floor and three to six uh, inches in from the entrance and under the foundation. Now, the reason that plastic Disney bag is so important is because we think that they filled the tunnel in in 1982 when the complaint was made. And when they filled it in, the plastic Disney bag somehow or other flew in there as they were filling it in and nobody noticed it. And we found these tunnels in the middle of the second trial of Ray Bucky. They could have been used to convict him we called the prosecutor. He sent his investigator out, Mr. Perez. We went in. He talked. and He, he argued with the archaeologist. Here's an investigator not qualified to talk about tunnels. He said there aren't any tunnels there, and the archaeologist, of course, argued. But anyway, they didn't use that evidence, strong evidence, in the second trial. They ignored it right in the middle of the second trial. I might mention this. The children identified professional football players, professional uh, baseball players, household name actors, actresses, as being perpetrators. Some also said that they were taken uh, to a different location up in the hills, up in the Hollywood Hills, perhaps. Um, Ted Gunderson may have very well found that place as well. Remember, when you're former head of the FBI, and it's the pre-9-11 world, pre-NSA you know, superpowers, it is possible for insiders to give you tips mm. if they see you on the television, if they think you're genuine. Um, so I'm more inclined to believe somebody like him when he says, oh, I've got an insider tip. If I hear that from Alex Jones... Yeah, this is the thing. It's like, obviously, I don't like the FBI. Let's get that out of the way. But, you know, if I had to pick one, yeah, man, Ted Gunderson. Yeah, I'm on Team Ted. You know, he... Unless it was some real ultra, ultra psyop that's beyond my understanding. He seemed to be doing the right things, didn't he? You know, he was there trying to protect the kids, trying to uncover this fucking lunatic nonsense, you know, and they killed him. I'll tell him to go fuck a horse. I don't care. <laughs> I don't believe you. In addition... So, I've got to go back. Remember, when you're former head of the FBI and it's the pre-9-11 world, pre, you know, NSA superpowers... It is possible for insiders to give you tips if they see you on the television, if they think you're genuine. 
Um, so I'm more inclined to believe somebody like him mm. when he says, oh, I've got an insider tip. If I hear that from Alex Jones, I'll tell him to go fuck a horse. I don't care. I don't believe you. In addition to the tunnels, I developed information that an abandoned satanic site was in Crestline, California. Crestline, California is in the mountains. The kids said, remember a few minutes ago, they were flown by jet, or flown, they didn't say jet, into the mountains. There's an airport 10 minutes from the McMartin Preschool. It's Hawthorne Airport. There's a landing strip in Crestline. I heard about this abandoned satanic site, and I went up to the site, took pictures. And this is what I, by the way, before I go on with this, I called the prosecutor in the McMartin case. And I told her, hey, I think I know where the children were taken. If they weren't, it's certainly worth looking at. And I will be glad to make this information available to you. And if you want to have the children go up and look at this abandoned satanic site, we can. She said we're not. Think about how far we've come, man. You know, you look at what the FBI is now. You know, it is just a bunch of pedophiles looking for people who are patriotic. Not patriotic people out there looking for pedophiles, you know. It's just... Everything has just been spun 180 and it is incredible. The mirror world, you know, the one upside down, you know, it's fucking insane, isn't it? Oh man, poor America, you know, deserves so much more. Interested. They weren't interested in hardcore evidence, the tunnel. They weren't interested in the Savannah Satanic site. Go ahead. This is what we found. 666, one of the Satanic signs, that's a stone on the site. The house was up, had been up here. The day after the McMartin case broke in the news, the house burned to the ground. And, uh, and it was here, the streets on the other side of the hill. You cannot see the site, this area down in here, from the street. You have to go in, would have to go in through the house and come down. And this, you can see it's quite elaborate. There's my associate, Judy Hansen, who works with me in L.A. And uh, next. This is uh, looking at the opposite direction of the picture we just took. And you can see there's San Bernardino down in there. And uh, you can see that uh, on the side of a mountain like that, nobody's going to find it unless you fly over with a helicopter. That's probably an altar, flattened stone. Uh, also an altar, another altar that had been broken. Here's some ovens. That was a large, large circle with a number of signs in it, a lot of writing. Uh, we couldn't get up high enough that we could uh, take a good picture of it. Now, this is a satanic symbol. So, let's read what that says. Amsday. As Asmodee, a strong and powerful king, appears with three heads, the first like a bull, the second like a man, the third like a ram. He has a serpent's tail, the web feet of a goose, and he vomits fire. He rides an infernal dragon, carries lance and pennon, and is the chief of the power of Ammon. He must be invoked, be bareheaded, or otherwise he will deceive. He gives the ring of virtues, teaches arithmetic, uh, geometry, and other handicrafts, answers all questions, makes men invisible, indicates the place of concealed treasures, and guards them if within the domain of Ammon. 
to give Mr. Gunderson the credit he's deserved and uh, wrap up his little biography for those of you that don't know. He died in 2011. Um, in 2008, he came back positive for cyanide and arsenic poisoning. Cancer got him as a direct consequence. It's always arsenic with this CIA shit. They love hitting you with the arsenic. It's like the most commonplace thing. Anyone who challenges their pedo their ped pedocracy. I don't know, I've got a better word for it, you know. This pedophile pigeon pecker industrial complex. You're gonna get arsenic, guy. There are several suspicious deaths related to the McMartin case. Uh, Karen Kloss, um, 1976, before the case broke. Um, uh, she was 32-year-old who had a son that went to McMartin. Uh, she was strangled in her home. Uh, 2017, they said that they found the killer as some fucking dead guy. It wasn't until 1984, one year after the case broke and the indictments for the defendants were handed down, that her husband, Gerald Kloss, decided to drive off a cliff and kill himself. Uh, I forgot to say that Karen was raped, so some people have implicated that it was actually a, a ritual type of thing, like you should have known better, but, you know, don't fucking get involved or setting an example for other people that may be privy. I don't know. They said they caught the guy. It's doesn't matter. It, just because you catch the guy doesn't mean he wasn't part of some larger conspiracy even. Even if the DNA evidence wasn't fabricated, he could have been part of the sex ring. He could have been a tool for them. What, you know, what the fuck does that mean? Case closed? No. The original accuser, Judy Johnson, the mother of the, uh, of the first boy who was showing symptoms of uh, abuse, she died of alcohol poisoning uh, before she was able to testify at the trials. Um, very interesting that she became an alcoholic considering that she was actually allergic to alcohol. You can do whatever you want with that. Now, the detective assigned to the uh, Karen Kloss murder uh, was a man named Paul Bynum. Um, one fellow detective described him as too bright to be a cop. Uh, he had solved several cases that were pretty major. Um, it wasn't until 79 that he was forced out of the police department without any explanation. Um, he worked in Hermosa, I believe, uh, not Manhattan. Uh, right, yes, Hermosa, Be Hermosa Beach Police Department. Um, and, uh, but... Yeah, like I said, the, the case remained unsolved uh, until 2017. Um, so Bynum actually was uh, hired as a private investigator. Um, he started that business first. He became a private investigator and was retained by Ray Bucky's defense attorney. Um, so he was actually going to work for the defense in the course of the McMartin investigation. As any good private investigator does, they approach it impartially. You're just hiring me to find the truth. That's what I've heard some good ones say. Yeah, I'm not working for you and trying to help you tell your version of it. Uh, so he saw the tapes, um, all of the interviews with the children, with the therapist uh, and the puppeteering that I mentioned before, um, he found them credible. So he was called to testify. Um, at the trial of Ray Bucky uh, by the prosecution. 
The morning he was going to appear, a juror's home was burglarized and his testimony was rescheduled for the next morning. Uh, unfortunately for the prosecution, or more like the parents of the students and the students themselves, uh, he decided to commit suicide in that time frame, uh, shooting himself in the head and leaving his wife and young daughter behind. What we do know for sure is that he went to the scene and he went digging and he found some crushed turtle shells. This is significant because the students claimed that the teachers would take them to the lot next door and kill turtles and say this is what would happen to you and your family if you tell people about what's going on here. The media spin on this was so treacherous. I mean, it's not even funny. Uh, they failed, they completely overlooked the uh, verified, 1993 verified by a team of scientists from leading universities that there were tunnels underneath the school to imply in passing when they do have to address it that uh, the parents staged the whole tunnel findings and the pictures that Gunderson had of the opening of the tunnel. Um, not to mention uh, Bynum, the detective who killed himself, in the Daily Breeze, 1987, printed that um, there was a keen interest at the time since it was reported that the children testified that tortoises, rabbits, and other animals were mutilated to terrorize the children into keeping silent. Bynum found numerous pieces of tortoise shells and bones. This is from EducateYourself.org. Uh, the Los Angeles Times ran a spate of features poking fun of the excavation team until actual evidence of tunnels was discovered. Then the Times ran a brief news item one paragraph long, dryly noting that evidence of tunnels had been found and never mentioned the subject again. The local beach reporter covered the story without a blush. Quote, parents began to dig with shovels, allegedly in an area pointed out by a nine-year-old former student of the McMartin Preschool, who told them to dig behind a cement planter in the northeast corner. When parents unearthed several broken tortoise shells and a few bones, they stopped digging and notified the district attorney's office. Once the entrance was exposed, the tunnel opening was found precisely where children said it would be. Quote, some of the children had stated there had been animal cages placed along that wall and that they had entered a tunnel under the cages. A foreign soil deposit was found near the foundation. Clearing the anomaly with a black hoe, they found the roots of an auto avocado tree cut to clear a path for the tunnel. The roots had been cut with a handsaw and torn away, and shreds dangled on either wall of the tunnel. That's the moment editors at the Times chose to pull reporters off the story. All other news outlets rapidly followed suit. The children were smeared with phony science, to be honest with you. Um, there's something called false memory syndrome. Uh, yeah, that comes from the McMartin trials. Wow. You know, they're, they, wow. They all made it up. They're having the same... Wow. So, the gravity of this trial, you know, and you got to remember the, the powers that are implicated within the criminal proceedings, okay, actually, you got to remember, we're talking about Lieutenant Colonel Michael Aquino here, you know, I dropped the link before it directly relates to the McMartin school He had a hand in the abuse of the children. Yeah, 
This is a psychological operation king, okay, of the NSA. This man created a new term, okay, false memory syndrome, okay, to abscond any kind of implication, you know, to, to, to avoid any kind of blame, you know, incredible stuff. You know, if they want to create a term like anti-vaxxer, guess what? They will, you know. This is what they do, you know, they create these neuro-linguistically programmable terms which are then into the guy's head. The normie will then take it on as their new religion and any question or challenge of this new terminology, this new language, these new words that are added to the lexicon of the marketplace of ideas, okay, are then boom, jabbed out of the way. Nope, 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 you know, bang, you know, cognitive dissonance, you know, clever stuff, man. Clever stuff. And shreds dangled on either wall of the tunnel. That's the moment editors at the Times chose to pull reporters off the story. All other news outlets rapidly followed suit. The children were smeared with phony science, to be honest with you. Um, there is something called false memory syndrome. False memory syndrome, man. <laughs> Incredible, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that comes from the McMartin trials, you know, they're say they, they all made it up. They're having the same hallucinations. It's like the explosion witnesses from 9-11. They're under <laughs> pressure and uh, they all just start hearing the same exact thing inside their own heads. You would also think that you would have, what are you gonna do, um, what are you gonna do? <laughs> kids <laughs> grown up coming forward saying, uh, we fucked up. Or at least, you know, interviewed in some capacity, confirming, remembering. Because it doesn't even seem like they were drugged. But, oh no. No current interviews with any of the former students there. Not that I could fucking find. I'm going to agree with Gunderson's other claims that there is a sophisticated operation inside the United States that involves kidnapping kids. And I'll mention something actually on TMZ in a second. But I think most of the killing, if there is actual ritualistic sacrificing at these things, uh, you know, full-blown killing, murder, uh, I think mostly they're coming from out of the country. Now, remember when Haiti happened, you know, there was a very, the Haiti earthquake, you know, a huge number of people gone missing, yeah? Well, a lot of implications that... Uh, and the Clintons were heavily involved in this, there was a massive uh, child sex trafficking going on there, stealing kids, um, straight up CIA operations, taking them back to the States, taking them all over the world. Um, and then of course, in, as in any disaster, well, you just say, they got lost in the event, they're dead, bodies not found. I think the more realistic figure of 300,000 people lost in that catastrophe the traffickers had a real good time theories floating around that paul walker was actually assassinated because uh, he did some work in haiti and uh was going to say some things not so favorable about the clinton machine inside the u.s i suspect that they're using orphanages mostly mm -hmm. um which are state run mm -hmm. and most of the time and then you know just hand it over to quote unquote loving families which are really just you know government fronts and uh god forbid uh what happens when they're all used up 
because I don't think these kids are allowed to grow up and be whatever they want to be. A couple of years ago... Um, Usually they... Um, I mean, it depends on the abuse, doesn't it, you know, but... Usually they'll be sacrificed. Um, I mean, like for example, there is a company called um, Cargill. Okay, the Cargill company. Just let's see if I can get this up easily. If I can't get it up easily, we won't do it. Cargill Satanism. Um, duck, 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 go. Cuck, cuck, go. All right, give me a second. Here we go. Okay, brilliant. Okay, so Cargill Corporation executive Kerry Brick was is among the suspected ninth circle satanic child sacrifice cult members. Remember, I was talking about the order of the ninth circle earlier. I love how these synchronicities happen on this show all the time. Kevin Arnett of the International CCS, I don't know what the fuck that is, but the IT uh, CCS said in today's interview, months ago, a testif uh, survivor testified that a child they were taken to, as a child, they were taken to the Cargill corporate headquarters in Waisata Min, where they were forced to observe a child sacrifice, okay? Now, the reason that this happens at the Cargill group, okay, is because they deal with the meat supply of the USA. So if you've had a burger from McDonald's, okay, did you know that 96% of the meat at McDonald's has around 9% human DNA in it? Think about that for a minute. Now, the Cargill family are like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre sort of um, outfit. Not nowadays, obviously, because it's a huge corporate, you know, monolithic sort of crazy big globo company. But back in the day, you know, in the 1800s, they had, um, it was like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre family. So you had this big meat rack sort of um, barn where they would, you know, butcher meats and stuff. And uh, they were into ritual sacrifices as well. It's a two for one, you know. It's a great bit of cover as well, isn't it? You know, if you're the meat man, you know, well, you know, fill in the blanks. Now, like, what they would do um, is, you know, sacrifice kids and all this kind of stuff. And um, they got rich. And once they got rich, they obviously then went corporate. Now, they're a corporate sort of, um, you know, on the corporate frontier, okay, it hasn't really stopped, it's just changed and evolved, and it's turned into this thing where, I mean, I've heard that there is a satanic altar within the Cargill factory, you know, obviously this is out of out of um, bounds, out of reach for regular employees or customers or whatever, but within this, um, this area, okay, they sacrifice the children, they drain the blood from the children, and then once they've got all the blood that they need from the child's body, they throw the meat into the meat grinder, okay? And it just camouflages itself with all the lamb and all the pork and all the beef and all the rest of it, you know? Serious shit, man, Cargill. Anyways, sorry, one second. The Zionist TMZ actually appeared a, a pretty good clip I, I found online. Um, it's the uh, Scorpions bassist. His name is... Give me a sec here. Ralph Reicherman. He was walking down the street and apparently, according to him, it was actually a 25-minute long interview he was giving this guy because they were talking about some interesting shit. But uh, the guy asked him about, uh, he was German, so he asked him about German uh, sex parties. His response. Any uh, German fetish parties going on later? I don't go to fetish parties. <laughs> I went to one one time. I've seen really fetish. 
This is a video that I want to show you that he's talking about. I know this because I've seen it myself. I'm going to see if I can get it up quickly. If I can't, we'll just carry on with the audio. But I want to give you guys a visual representation of what Dream is showing you here in audio form. So, um... Sacrifice party. Uh, what else? Sacrifice party. That might do. That might do. I doubt it, but it might do. Sacrifice party. Um... Mm, murder. Mm. Give me a moment, boys. YouTube, 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 YouTube. Right, let's have a little look, see? You motherfuckers. I'm trying to help you, motherfucker. Alright, okay. Not found easily. One last pop, one last crack at the title. Duck. Bear in mind, the internet has changed since it was based. It's harder to find things. Even this show, this show was only half as long as it was meant to be. I'm not even fucking fucking with you. I'm not joking, you know. Couldn't find half the materials that woke me up to the Michael Aquino situation. Grandfather in the chat. God bless. White fucking power grandfather, man. Good to see you here. Okay. Ah, dinner party. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, no, no, no. I don't want PDFs, you cunt. I look like a fucking PDF guy or like a fucking video guy. Okay, one second. If I can't find it, guys, we'll bin it. We'll bin the idea and continue with the audio. Mm, that is annoying. That is annoying. You know, truthers in the chat will know what I'm talking about. You know, when you used to watch things and then it's just not there anymore. And you're just like, you cunts. How dare you steal my red pills. Mm, I'm not going to find it. Not in a sensible amount of time anyway. One last little scroll. Just for... Just for the boys. Mm, and we are... Out. Never mind, guys. I might be able to show you another time. We'll get the audio of it instead. But it's a black guy outside of a, um, a nightclub. And they're like, yeah, um, there's this party. And, you know, we, we watch murder. And it's all a bit like awkward, like, you know. Was it like a donkey show or? Ralph Reicherman. He was walking down the street and apparently, according to him, it was actually a 25 minute long interview. He was giving this guy because they were talking about some interesting shit. But uh, the guy asked him about, uh, he was German, so he asked him about German uh, sex parties. His response. Any like German fetish parties going on later? That was it. He weren't black. He was German, but it was like a TMZ clip, I believe, if I remember correctly. TMZ, you know. Really bad. Was it like a donkey show or? No, actually, you know, I think they it's, they actually kill people there and stuff. They pay like up to like a hundred thousand people to see people get executed. I'm not. I'm not kidding. Of course, the shills ate that one up and turned it into something that it wasn't. Uh, so include especially Mark Dice YouTube douchebag. <laughs> this was actually really was circling around for you know for a C-list celebrity. This was probably kind of a bizarre thing for him. Um, he seems like a good guy. By the way, Mark Dice is not even his real name. He's a Jew. His name is Mark Schuldice. That's his real name. But he made a follow-up uh, explanation. I think it was on his own accord. Let's listen to some of that. So the truth is. I happened to be at an SM party that didn't interest me at all because it's not my cup of tea. I didn't like it. Yeah, right. When the host saw me leaving, he brought me to a basement that uh, I had no idea what was going on there. 
that you know had multiple rooms and when i say in the tmz interview that i went to another one i'm not talking about another party or another event i'm talking about another room that he showed me like one room you got this guy uh well done and they really grows well done thank you very much thank you rosie anon thank you this is exactly why i love the chat man you know what i mean when i can't you can this is great we got this guy, uh, Ralph Reicherman. He's German. Not much. He was the bass player for the Scorpions. Any like German fetish parties going on later? I don't go to fetish parties. <laughs> I went to one one time. I've seen him. You can see why I remembered him as a black man, can't you? He's got the whole sort of get up, you know what I mean? Looks like fucking just come out of some like 2004 hip hop concert. Not much. He was the bass player for the Scorpions. Any like German fetish parties going on later? I don't go to fetish parties. I went to one one time. I've seen really bad. Was it like a donkey show or? No, actually, no. I think they it's, they actually kill people there and stuff. They pay like up to like a hundred thousand people to see people get executed. I'm not I'm not kidding. But I went to another one where literally I saw like the grossest. I wanted to throw up. And there you go. This is what dreams um, audio. That's the video to it. So. By the way, big shout out Rosie and um, thanks for that. That really, you know, cool stuff. Me out, okay? I even say that in the video. But I went to another one where literally I saw like the grossest I wanted to throw up. And I ran out the door with like a pale face. That's when he stopped me and he started telling me about his snuff parties. And by the way, guys, if I ever really had been to a snuff party, okay, watch the video again from TMZ, I would have never said, I think they kill people in there, which is what I say. I would have said, I witnessed, I saw people get killed, which is absolutely not what I'm saying. And by the way, okay, if I ever would have been involved in any kind of snuff party, you know, activities whatsoever, you know, don't you think there would have been an FBI investigation, a police investigation? So right there, we know he's talking about inside the United States because he said FBI investigation. I think that's really all I have to say about the matter. Um, it's unfortunate that this thing has become a disinformation style psyop, um, as in it discredits other theories. That's why uh, I have sort of stayed away from it is because it's very, very Mark Dicey or Alex Jonesy. And that's the design, isn't it? You hear Satanist, Luciferian, um, that Ronald Lauer stuff is a bunch of nonsense where he said they're all Luciferians. I think that's his name, Ronald Lauer. You know, he's talking real shit about terrorism and, and children. And then he says they all worship Satan. That's bullshit. Satanism is bullshit. Um, they're too fucking smart for that. Their God is money. But I'm sure that's part of it, too. You know, that's that's the whole setup. You get them in robes, and then if somebody's to squeal, oh, we, we all had to put on robes when we walked in, and then they were killing kids and raping them and sacrificing them. Yeah, okay, sure, pal. It's pretty genius. Pretty fucking... Um, according to third-party websites, uh, Status of the Union is now the 36th most listened to podcast under the government and organization section on itunes uh itunes itself won't admit that i went to their list of top podcasts we're nowhere to be found um hopefully we can get those numbers up because i really don't like being behind the council on foreign relations 
Okay. Hmm. Thanks for listening. Stay out of tunnels. Stay out of small airplanes. <laughs> Chuck Norris was named as one of the participants by some of the students in these rituals. Stay away from Chuck Norris, maybe. Let's hope not. Walker, Texas Ranger. Real quick extra thing. Um, I recorded that podcast yesterday. Um, tonight I met with uh, my doctor friend in Santa Monica and McMartin came up and he said, oh, I actually treated some of those detectives that were involved in the case. I said, you're kidding. For what? He said, PTSD. Um, for the uh, Manhattan Beach Police Department, although the chief part of their PTSD comes from, see, they wanted to prosecute. And uh, the chief basically tried to ruin their careers and push them out of the department and really attacked them in, in many vile ways. And uh, it was tough for them to deal with mentally. So um, the director, uh, excuse me, the captain of the police department asked uh, my friend to uh, treat them back in the mid-80s. So that's what he did and re remains friends with several of them. Um, but the chief uh, forced a pass-off of the case to the sheriff's department. Um, that's what he pushed for. And of course, as we know, they did nothing. I really enjoyed that. I thought that was quite good. The way it tied in with the whole Michael Aquino thing, you know, the McMartin preschool, you know, and then we're talking about as well the satanic panic from earlier, that tied in nice. And then on top of that, we got a little treat as well with the old red pill from the whole, you know, the video we just saw, you know, Ralph Reichman, you know, very cool, very cool. Um, Dream Eskimo, man. If uh, people in the chat, just one more time for me, would appreciate if you could just drop the links to all his shit, you know, the Goyam TV stuff, his telegram, all of it, man, you know, please, because uh, excellent work, man, serious, serious dude, knows what's up, knows what's up, we're going to watch one more thing now, okay, and I say one more thing, it's not short, we're all good, just bear with me a second, I've just got to get it up on the computer, do you know what we're going to do, before we watch this as well, we're going to have a quick song, and I'm just going to, just give me a minute though, I've just got to do my thing. This is what we were going to watch earlier, but I wasn't in the mood then, and now I'm in the mood now. So without further ado, I'm just going to play a little song. Um, what do I want? What do I want? What do I want? What do I want? I know what I want. This is what I want.
you don't know, get to know. That was our very own Dewey, okay, performing an absolute tour de force, a fucking blinder. That song has possessed me. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. We've got Judenhaas in the chat saying, Weston, I'd use a bit of this for a lead in between commercial break or in between segments. Very cool. I probably will from now on. Yeah, I love that song. I love that song. Okay, we're going to move on now to the maverick that is Matthew North. May God rest his soul. All right. So this is a presentation that I've wanted to do for uh, about a year now. Um, I'm glad I'm finally getting around to doing it. Um, so yeah, let's let's just get into it. I wanted to start by mentioning some of Joe Rogan's sponsors. This is going to be the theme of this presentation is the corporate and cultural agendas that Joe Rogan is involved in. Now, this is the type of information that's not fun to research yourself. Um, it's just better if someone presents it. So that's what I'm going to be doing. Um, if you haven't yet, check out the work of Jan Irvin. He has, he's a vet. He's been doing this forever. He was involved with Joe Rogan early on. Jan Irvin is a faggot. That's a big, but bear in mind, Joe, uh, he's done good work. I don't, I, I don't like when people go, oh, but he's done good work when they talk about bad people. But Jan Irvin has done good work in the past. But that doesn't take anything away from the fact that he's a complete fucking faggot. And uh, he ganged up with Alex Jones to shit on the GDL, which I didn't like at all. And he's actually the guy who gave him DMT originally, um, and, and he was offered positions. So he understands how this works, and he's covered it very well. Um, also, Jesse Spots. I would like to recommend his playlist for the Intellectual Dark Web. He does some great research. Please check that out. I'm going to touch on the Intellectual Dark Web a little bit. This is the rising centrist movement we see in this country. right? Trump is a monkey wrench, a chaos agent for a new brave new world a centrist movement a unifying movement all right so so let's start with rogan sponsors so cash app is a big one jones mentioned that okay jack the jack dorsey connection and then everybody that followed so this has been covered at nauseum so i'm not gonna really focus on cash app and dorsey but there are some that people looked over so like 23 and me this is a big one directly sponsoring rogan's podcast so 23 and me is co-founded and owned by Anne Wojarski, the Jewess. Okay, Anne is the sister of Susan Wojarski, the Jewess, who is the CEO of YouTube. I'm sure you're all familiar and she familiar with her. And she was form Anne was formerly married to Sergey Brin, the co-founder of Google. Okay, so you should be aware of the 23andMe database. Um, system the whole agenda with that uh rogan used to try to be slick with it and he would just be like oh yeah you should do the the 23 me because they tell you all your health risks and you know he would promote it that's how his podcast works every other sentence in his podcast i just realized i'm probably in the way of matthew north here because of where my camera settings are so just give me a moment can't be taking any kind of um focus off him give me a moment Oh, what am I doing, man? I've been a retard. Give me a second. Right, video captured of... Oh, yeah, it's locked. That's why. Okay, cool. Now I can do what I want. I'm going to go up here. That'll do. Or down here. I'll go down here. If it gets in the way, guys, just let me know. 
podcast is a corporate plug or a cultural plug, a cultural agenda or a corporate agenda. For example, he'll he'll uh, you know he'll mention some pasta that he gets from Italy and, and acts like he just likes the product. No, he's getting paid to do that. That's how his podcast works. Okay, people need to understand that. And and his influence is beyond anything we've ever seen. His podcast is so influential because of its base in Los Angeles, and then also it spreads everywhere else. So you can set the trends in Los Angeles, and they spread everywhere else. And that's exactly what we see going on with Rogan. He is by far the most uh, crucial asset for the information age at this point in time. Okay, and then another person who sits on the board and is high level in 23andMe is Esther Dyson. Now, I want to highlight her because of her involvement in commercial and privatized space, which is a common theme we see running through these Rogan Jones-type networks. Okay, so, so as of early 2007, Dyson describes herself as spending more and more time on the private aviation and commercial space startups. Also in healthcare and genetics, Dyson is a founding member of Space Angels Networks and is invested in XCOR, Constellation Services, Zero-G, Icon Aircraft, Space Adventures, and Mars One. Now, Mars One is a well-known scam. And I want you to think about how long commercial and privatized space has been in the conversation, right? There's a news article for it, you know, at least once a week that somebody's taking the step for commercial space. And for decades, we've seen this. Richard Branson, you know, et cetera, et cetera, Elon Musk. What do we see come out of it? Nothing, because it's a scam. Now, it would be easier for you to understand this if you understand the scam that NASA is. Now, if you're completely unaware of that or unfamiliar with that subject, Email me, northmattheww at gmail.com, and I will send you proof and evidence that NASA is a scam, scamming $52 million a day from the laughing stock of the world, U.S. taxpayers. Okay, so that's a common theme, again, is commercial and privatized space that we see running through these networks. It's my contention that they're essentially funnels for that money to be funneled into other movements and other agendas, i.e., an information uh, information age asset like Joe Rogan. So let's move on to Elon Musk. Now, I believe, although Elon is not listed as, although Elon is not listed as a sponsor, he is a sponsor. And here's why I think that. In Colorado. But I did like- just get a Tesla. So I'm supporting the podcast. (laughs) Okay, did you hear that? Okay, he said, I I just, I did just. In Colorado. But I did just get a Tesla. So I'm supporting the podcast. (laughs) I did just get a Tesla, so I'm supporting the podcast. How does that follow? Buying a Tesla supports Joe Rogan's podcast. Hmm. Is Elon Musk subsidizing Rogan's podcast? for an agenda for propaganda purposes absolutely absolutely and we saw this demonstrated with the securing funded when when elon smoked the blunt when he hit the backwood on rogan's podcast that was them manipulating stock prices that was completely fake 
And there were plenty of YouTube videos that I posted in my community. There are no mistakes, okay, with these people, okay? If they get Elon on and it looks like, oh, you know, we fucked up, you know, we shouldn't have just smoked that joint and the investors aren't happy. No, they tank the price. Once they tank the price, okay, then the pigeon peckers come in. Now they're buying shares for pennies on the pound. That's how it works, yeah? And then all of a sudden, their profits are up later down the line. Clever stuff, man. Community section, um articles but they all got scrubbed because rogan has that much access and influence they all got scrubbed so most a lot of people don't understand that when elon musk tweets funding secure at 420 and then he gets up there and and puffs on the blunt that was them manipulating stock prices provably them manipulating stock prices that's what was going on there that was fake joe rogan's podcast is the realest fake thing you'll ever see. It's very scripted, it's very corporatized, and there's an agenda behind almost everything he does on that podcast. But it seems organic, but it's not. It's not. He'll also do things like, oh, what's that square state? Uh, how, would they, how do they end up with a perfectly square state acting like he doesn't know what Wyoming is? He's been to Wyoming, he understands what Wyoming is, he knows what that state is, but he acts like he doesn't for that interaction with his audience. So his audience could be like, oh, it's Wyoming, Joe, you idiot. He understands that. That interaction that he's getting with his audience is getting them engaged. It's that sophisticated. It's that controlled. He's looking for that engagement. Okay, um, And that's kind of a point that, that Jones made uh, when he was on the podcast last time, uh, which is a point I've been making for over a year now. Um, and I have emails to prove that. But also – Joe Rogan with Elon Musk, the neuro, the Neuralink, which he's been promoting, right? The, the brain lace. This is an agenda that he was promo promoting long before Elon Musk came out with the Neuralink. Now we're seeing this all over now. We're seeing brain chips, all this idea promoted everywhere. Where did it start? Who was the cultural change agent that originally started pushing this out into the, uh, the collective unconscious, if you will? Well, Joe did. So this, let's listen to this from a recent podcast, 2019. That yeah. used to hang around. I think the cure That's is gone. mind reading. And I think we're going to accept that cure. Because, you know, Elon is working on some sort of neural link thing. That's the only he, way we'll know if someone's telling the truth. We're going to have yeah. it. I think it's good. We're going to accept it and we're going to give in. And we're going to yeah. we're, we're going to be able to – I'll take it another step further. I think they're going to create a universal language. I've been thinking about yeah. this a lot. I think there's going to be a universal language that probably is uh, augmented reality, some augmented reality language mm -hmm. of shapes or some, yeah, something. Some kind of symbolism. That symbols. symbols. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Something that, that we agree to. And we're, we're probably not going to – accept it because we're old we're like fuck this yeah. next generation but our though. kids maybe even our kids kids our kids kids are going to be the yeah. first people to adopt it and then it's going to be universal worldwide and with augmented reality and some sort of ability to interact with each other yeah through I kinda, bandwidth i remember through bandwidth okay so it's gonna happen you notice that it's inevitable no matter what this is gonna happen you're gonna accept it so let's listen to this from 2014 how is joe aware of this agenda years ago five plus years ago how was he aware of this why was he promoting this idea because he's been working with these circles for a long time 
I think that one of the things that's coming out with technology is access to information. And access to information, not just current information, but maybe even future. Like the, the ability to read minds, to read thoughts, to read. Okay. So let's finish this up from the same podcast, finishing on that thought technological symbiotic relationship takes place mm. to the point where mm-hmm. we essentially our, our, our memories especially right they're pretty piss poor right but if we can turn our memories into some digital archive that you can access at will then we're going to know i'm going to i'm going to look in your head and i'm going to know what's going on right. i'm going to be able to tap into it and we will we'll, we'll be connected the same way we're connected with wi-fi the same way our cell phones are connected through the cellular network there'll be some sort of a network of information exchange mm-hmm. between all people and if that's the case deception will be almost impossible right motivations will right. be crystal clear and you're going to know who's full of shit it's going to be a fucking bad day for a lot of it okay like, so like Rogan. again <laughs> promoting that agenda for a long time now um let's move on here again saying it's inevitable that was elon's other thing that he said on the podcast you're already a cyborg you have a phone it's just it's not in your body but it's yeah. something you're holding on to yeah yeah it's kind of it's voluntary cyborg did you guys read third wave years ago was that a book you ever got no into? no that was the prediction of all this really yeah and it, yeah. it's in the uh, early 80s and it was a prediction, and the one thing uh, Third Wave predicted was that. Okay, so we have Third Wave mentioned there, which Jones also mentioned on his recent podcast. Now, that's very interesting to me, and this is a common theme in my life. That is something that I was researching long ago, and that I was going to include in this regardless, and, and other, other things. Um, let me pull this up here. Third wave, information overload, okay? Future shock, okay? Now, now Toffler, Alvin Toffler, the guy who wrote this, is involved with the Revolution and Military Affairs crew, the future Soviet warfare theory pushers within our own countries, okay? The people that are involved... Okay, the Revolution and Military Affairs, this is Michael Aquino, okay? The RMA, okay? Michael Aquino is responsible for the creation of Infowars, the Joe Rogan Show, archetypes that they throw out there to manipulate the awakening such 